0: Well, good morning, everyone. I hope that you were able to enjoy worship this morning. And I hope that you've been able to enjoy worship throughout our online experience the past few weeks, even though you're watching on an iPad or a TV screen, that you're still able to feel the presence of God. And I really hope that He is still moving in your life, even though we aren't meeting physically at a building location. I'm really looking forward to getting into today's message. It's really in the same lane as Pastor Steve has been for the past couple weeks. If you haven't checked those out, make sure to go back and check those out the past couple weeks. But I've really just been digesting the messages and um, this message in particular has just really been moving in both Tara and I's lives. Uh, We have been discussing this for the past few weeks actually. So I'm hoping that um, you're able to pull from it as it has been moving in our lives as well. But before I get started, let's go ahead and pray before we get into this and uh, just pray that God would speak. God, I pray that you would have your way here today, that your word would be heard, that um, you would use me to speak your message here today clearly, effectively, where it would impact us, that we would hear it clearly as well, that it would prick our hearts and we would be able to apply this to our lives as we go into this coming week, the months to come, the years to come. Change us with your word, God. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, uh, today's message is really around those times of uncertainty when you really don't know what's going on. Maybe Um, things are a little less than ideal, or you're just at a fork in the road in your life where you have a decision to make, and yet you just don't know where you're supposed to go. A few years ago, as many of you know, uh, Tara and I um, began to feel a tugging in our heart that we were supposed to move to Charlotte, North Carolina. And um, honestly, I had never considered Moving away from St. Louis. It was where I was born and raised. It's where all of my family uh, live and all of my roots are. And so I never really considered it. But as God kept tugging on our hearts and I began to open up to this idea, I would find myself still at that fork in the road where I don't know if I am supposed to to go to Charlotte or I am supposed to stay in St. Louis. You know, one moment I'm thinking I'm supposed to go there and the other I'm thinking, well, maybe the enemy is trying to pull me away from what's going on in St. Louis. And I just knew I wanted to make the right decision. As the spiritual leader of my household, I wanted to make sure we were doing what God wanted us to to be doing. And so I was reading the Bible and and was praying and what started to stand out to me is God's wisdom. I would see in in the scriptures about God's wisdom and I began to pray for his wisdom that I would make a sound decision based on God's wisdom. And uh, as I kind of reflect on wisdom and and what that really means, that really, that term became a little fuzzy, a little gray for me. And so uh, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I would like to give us a definition to go off of for wisdom. And so here's the definition I would like to use for today. Wisdom is the power to see. And the inclination to choose the best and highest goal together with the surest means of attaining it I know that's kind of a, a mouthful but basically to be able to to see and to be able to choose what is best for you and to be able to actually attain it to be able to uh, go through the process and and be patient enough to actually attain his will for my life. But as I was saying, it's just not that easy sometimes. You know, you still feel like you're in this internal tug of war where you don't know which way to go, you don't know which way is his will. And our circumstances as human beings can sway us so much. You know, one moment we're here, one moment we're there, just based on our environment. And the good news is, God, His wisdom doesn't waver. His wisdom is always right. He is never not wise. He is wisdom. That is part of who He is. That is part of His character, just like He is power and He is love. God is all-knowing, He's all-powerful, and that is great news for us, because we can look to Him in those times when we don't know right from wrong. Another cool thing to think about, especially knowing that our God is all-knowing and all-powerful, is that wisdom without power is just pathetic. Like if you have wisdom, but no power, then you're not able to do anything with the wisdom. But flip-flopping that, if you have power without wisdom, that's just scary. Like you have the power, but you don't know what to do with it. That can get a little dangerous. And again, our God is all-knowing and all-powerful. He can make it happen, and he can make it happen the right way we should be able to put all of our faith and all of our trust in him. But yet it is so hard to do that. I mean, am I right? It is so hard to just trust him in those times of uncertainty. God has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for me. And he sends us through these journeys these ups and these downs, where we don't know the outcome, but He's doing it to equip us for our purpose. So what I would like to ask you now is, what is God trying to teach you now? What is He trying to teach you in the season that you are in right now? I'd like to give us a minute. I'm going to put 60 seconds on the screen, so that you can really take a moment and digest that. You can reflect on that. What is God trying to teach me in this season? And if you're comfortable with sharing, go ahead and put it in the comments. All right, go. All right, well, I hope that that time of reflection was beneficial. I hope that you are maybe able to identify what God may be trying to do in this season of your life. And what I'd like to do now is go into a life that we see in Scripture. I'd like to talk about the life of Abraham. Abraham, his life is captured in the book of Genesis, And he is called the father of our faith. He is the first one listed in the genealogy of Jesus Christ himself. Abraham is a big deal. like He kind of started church history as a whole. But yet he also had a journey that he had to go through before he was able to fulfill the calling in his life. And so I would like to walk us through some of those encounters that he had where he had his ups and downs as well. So it all kind of starts with this encounter with God. God has this encounter with Abraham, whose name is actually Abram at the time. And Abram is 75 years old at this first encounter. And God tells Abram, you are to leave your family, leave your hometown. I can relate with you, Abram. I had to as well. (laughs) But you have to leave your family and your hometown because, listen, I am going to make this great nation from you. And so Abram does that. He takes his wife, he takes some of his family, and they head off to the land of Canaan But after settling there, there was a famine that came about, and this famine caused them to go down into Egypt for some food and some water so that they could live. And this is where I would like to call out my first point, my first thing that causes us to lose our faith in God's wisdom, and that is fear. Fear. See, they go down into Egypt, and on the way to Egypt, Abram starts to think to himself, my beautiful wife, Sarai, is going to catch their eye, and I'm going to have to figure out something so that they don't kill me to get to her. And so what he tells Sarai on the way there is, listen, just tell them you are my sister so they they don't kill me. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, father of the faith doesn't ring out loud and clear at this point, this early on in his journey. It sounds like fear is definitely dictating his decision here to just hand over his wife all because he was scared for himself. And we do that, right? Right? I know fear definitely dictates my decisions far too often. Uh, I, I uh, am ashamed to admit that it definitely does. Fear will drive us to decisions that we normally wouldn't make. Fear will call, cause us to just kind of stop and become stagnant where we are. And unfortunately, that is something that uh, the enemy does use. To just cause us to stop and not continue to seek God's wisdom and His will for our lives, but we must press on. We must continue to seek Him. And what's crazy is about twenty-five years later. After you know, uh, much journey has gone on. Twenty-five years later, there's a very similar situation that comes up where uh, there is a king coming through and uh, Abraham becomes concerned about uh, them wanting to take his wife Sarah once again. And let me tell you, 25 years later, I mean, Sarah must have stayed real tight on that yoga regimen because she still is bringing it. He is so concerned that they are going to kill him once again for his beautiful wife, Sarah. God has to, in both of these scenarios, course correct and make sure to get things back on track. But clearly, Abraham let fear drive his decisions and just hand over his beautiful wife to these men. The second thing that takes us away from Just believing in God and his wisdom is the lack of patience. So 10 years after God has this initial encounter with Abram, uh, 10 years later, here we are. There's still no child to, to be spoken of. And Sarah and Abram decide, you know what? Let's take matters into our own hands. And why don't you just sleep with my servant, Hagar? And that way you can we can just have a child. We can get this thing going. God told us that we're going to have this amazing, great nation with many descendants that kings are going to come from us. Let's just get this thing rolling already. I mean, it's been 10 years. How long do we have to wait? Maybe we just need to make this Happen and so Abram does that, sleeps with Hagar, Sarai's servant, and he has a child, he has a son, Ishmael. But this wasn't God's plan, this was them intervening in God's plan, not having the patience to just go through the process that God has in store for them. You know, most of us really don't like the process like i don't know how many times i tell tara this but it's like why can't i just why can't i just be skinny or why can't i just like be ripped like why is this so hard why do you have to to eat healthy for like an extended period of time to be skinny and why do you have to like lift weights consistently over a long period of time to to get built and and shredded like it should it I just wish it were easier, you know. Uh, just throw it in the microwave and let's get to eating. It's kind of how we live, especially in our society now. It's like we don't have the patience to go through the process that God has in store for us, for Him to really equip us for what is in our future. We must. Just go through the process. We must learn to enjoy the process. This leads me to my third item that just takes us away from really having faith in God's wisdom, and that is doubt. Abraham finds himself at the age of 99 this is where actually God changes his name to Abraham and he changes Sarai's name to Sarah. But God comes to him and says, Hey, listen, I am going to bless you guys and you are going to have your own son. Like the two of you, the way you're supposed to, you're going to have your own son. I am going to bless you. And crazy enough Abraham laughs right at God just laughs at him because he doubts him he says are you kidding i'm 90 i'm 100 years old sarah's 90 like we're too old we can't we can't have a son what do you, it doesn't he's laughing at God and, and actually later on uh, Sarah hears also that she is to have a son, and she does the same exact thing. She laughs that they're going to have a son. Like, we're too old for all of that. And in fact, when when Sarah laughs, the Lord heard her. The Lord said, why are you laughing? Is anything too hard for the Lord? We think that a lot of times, don't we? We put limits around God. That's, that doesn't make sense. 99, 90 years old, having a, a child, we put our boundaries and we put God in a box. But He breaks beyond the barrier of logic. He breaks beyond that because he is God. And he told them, I'll be back in a year and you're going to have a son because I said so. And finally, after 25 long years, Abram has given up his wife on a couple occasions uh, out of the fear of his own life. Abraham has has taken matters into his own hands because he couldn't wait for God to just fulfill his covenant already, sleeping with another woman. He laughs in the face of God because having a child at 100 years old just doesn't make sense. But after all of that, 25 years later, they have their son. They have their son Isaac. They learned through this process all of these things, all these attributes, all these values that God was shaping them and molding them for. And now here it is He's blessed them with their son Isaac. But unfortunately, it's not the end of the story because God has the toughest test for them yet. God goes on to tell Abraham to take his son Isaac, who he just blessed him with, and that he was to take him up to a mountain and to sacrifice him, to kill him, to kill his son that he waited for so long. And what's crazy, after all of the process and the molding and the equipping Abraham's approach was a lot different this time around. I don't know about you, but I can't imagine being tested like that. But Abraham now has a different approach. I'd like to take us to Genesis chapter 22 to kind of pick up at this point in the story. We're going to pick up at verse 5, and at this point, Abraham has traveled with Isaac and some servants to this mountain to sacrifice his son. And and Isaac has no idea. But here we go. In verse 5, chapter 22, Abraham said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I go with the boy over there. We will worship, and and I I love the confidence here. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the, the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? I can't imagine being asked that by my son as I'm in the process of doing what God has asked me to do, but Abraham so confidently says, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Don't worry. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son, Isaac, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. He replied, do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. You know, Abraham had his ups and downs I mean, certainly made some questionable calls. But here at the end, we see Abraham so utterly devoted to God's will and so confident that God knows what he is doing, that he was willing at God's command to kill his son, to kill the son that he had been waiting for for 25 long years, just desperately uh, begging God for this son. And here, at the end, without hesitation, he has faith in God's wisdom. And he goes into action as God had commanded. Amazing faith. Amazing faith. So God had taught him through this journey, and Abraham had learned so well. And again, I'm going to ask you, what is God equipping you for? And will you choose to have faith in God's wisdom? I pray that you will continually seek God. That is something that Abraham did consistently do. He consistently would seek God and God would continually keep him on track and keep reassuring him of the right path. I pray that you will continue to seek God time and time again. Another beautiful part of this story that I just can't go without mentioning is the correlation that it has with the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us. Isaac carried the wood up the mountain to be sacrificed. That Abraham was going to sacrifice his one and only true son. Just as God allowed his son, his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to be sacrificed for our sins, for your sins. And I just want to give us an opportunity that if you haven't already done so, if you haven't already given your life to Jesus Christ, if you haven't put your trust in Him, if you haven't believed in Him and really believed that He existed, that He died on that cross for your sins, that He rose again from that tomb, then now is an opportunity for you to make the best decision of your life, that you can give your life to Jesus Christ. You can commit to Him now and repent of your ways and follow Him. So if you would like to do that, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And we are going to put a Connect card, a link to our Connect card in the comment section. And if you have given your life to Him today, if you have made that amazing decision, we would love to celebrate with you by putting your information in that Connect card and letting us know that you made that decision today. And if you have any questions, please put it on that Connect card. Let us know. This is the first step, and we want to help you through this process of learning more about Jesus Christ what he has done for us. I love you so much, and I pray that you will have an amazing week ahead of you. Have a good one.